0: The Guardian. My name's John Dennis. It's Monday the 10th of May. This is a special edition of Guardian Daily, looking at the news that Gordon Brown has announced his intention to resign as Labour leader and as Prime Minister as Labour enter into formal talks with the Liberal Democrats about a coalition government. Joining me to discuss these developments are Michael White in Westminster and here in the studio at the Guardian's HQ, Martin Kettle, Guardian commentator. But before we hear from them, here's Gordon Brown speaking outside Downing Street this afternoon.
1: We have a parliamentary and not presidential system in this country. And as I said on Friday, with no party able to command a parliamentary majority arising from the general election, my constitutional duty as prime minister is to ensure that government continues while parties explore options for forming a new administration with majority support in the House of Commons. The business of government has continued including concerted action in Europe today to avert the financial crisis in the Euro area. As we know, the Liberal Democrats felt that they should first talk to the Conservative Party. Mr. Clegg has just informed me that while he intends to continue his dialogue, that he has begun with the Conservatives, he now wishes also to take forward formal discussions with the Labour Party. I believe it is sensible and it's in the national interest to respond positively. The cabinet will meet soon. A formal policy negotiating process is being established under the arrangements made by the cabinet secretary, similar to the negotiations between other parties. If it becomes clear that the national interest, which is stable and principled government, can be best served by forming a coalition between the Labour Party and the Liberal Democrats, then I believe I should discharge that duty to form that government, which would, in my view, command a majority in the House of Commons, in the Queen's speech, and any other confidence votes. But I have no desire to stay in my position longer than is needed to ensure the path to economic growth is assured and the process of political reform, we have agreed, moves forward quickly. The reason that we have a hung parliament is that no single party and no single leader was able to win the full support of the country as a leader of my party i must accept that that is a judgement on me i therefore intend to ask the labour party to set and train the processes needed for its own leadership election i would hope that it would be completed in time for the new leader to be in post by the time of the labour party conference i will play no part in that contest i will back no individual candidate
0: i'm with Martin Kettle, and in our Westminster studio is Michael White. Mike, we just launched your daily podcast when Gordon Brown made this statement. There were gasps in the Guardian newsroom uh, as Gordon Brown was speaking. Did the press at Westminster have any inkling that this was coming?
2: We've had a day of utter confusion. There's been a lot of speculation that uh, since Gordon Brown was the uh, the roadblock to a possible deal between uh, Labour and uh, the Lib Dems, uh, uh, very much the Guardian's editorial view, then something should be done about it, and uh, We've now heard Mr Brown utter the words, if I, uh, uh, I have no wish to stay longer than necessary. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's something I hadn't expected to hear. Uh, so he's saying, I can go, we can have a leadership election. Uh, I won't be around for long if that helps. And that's the right thing to do, but uh, you don't see these things happening uh, until you actually see the words cross their lips.
0: Martin, uh, a strange but quite a dignified resignation from Gordon Brown
3: yes i think it was uh, very uh dignified it uh, you know it started out as uh, as though he was just talking about the economic situation and it ended up with him talking about afghanistan and so on and uh, then in the you know two thirds of the way through we get this uh, bombshell about his own position um i think this has been under the most intense discussion uh, since the election. And I think over the weekend there's been uh, a lot of pressure put on him um, by people who think you know, on the Labour side who are determined to give the best possible run to a possible lab-lib deal. And uh, my information is that uh, Brown has uh, gone along with it and then resisted it, then gone along with it, then resisted it. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> Can't
2: make up his mind. Uh, he, he never could. But
3: in the in, in the end do him do him credit nothing became him uh, in his prime ministership like the leaving of it and was oh, what Martin, I, Martin,
2: I was thinking about saying that
3: <laughs> mike who was behind this decision do you think
2: Well, uh, in Labour politics in our times, you never have to look far without finding the fingerprints of Peter Mandelson. Labour MP said to me a few minutes ago, you think of the chief architects of New Labour in the mid-1990s, Blair, Brown and Mandelson. Which of us would have guessed that Mandelson would be the last man standing? And so he has proved to be quite extraordinary.
0: Mike, um, formal talks now between Labour and the Lib Dems. Where does this leave the Lib Dems
2: talks with the Tories? I think Nick Cleggs, the kind of girl who goes out with two chaps at once and takes flowers from both of them. Heaven knows what he gives in return. No, I mean, some sort of criticism today... um Parliament today is a bit like, you know, school on the first day of term. Those of you listening who can remember that, you know, have new people and old people and handshaking and smiles. Uh, So it's a bit chaotic. Uh, But uh, you you do hear criticisms, you know, what are the Lib Dems playing at? Several people have said to me, I wonder, who do you think's cleverer? Nick Clegg or David Cameron and the feeling is that they're both clever in an academic sense uh, Clegg speaks a lot of languages uh, Cameron got a very good first at Oxford University but probably Cameron is craftier. We'll know in the next day or so whether that the judgment is correct.
3: I think Mike is right to raise that question because if you just think about it let us suppose that the uh, that Brown's uh, s- f- sacrifice doesn't actually do the deed in terms of persuading the Lib Dems to come on board. Board with Labour, that they just think this is too flaky an offer, with too many uncertainties down the way. At that point, they, you know, they may think at the moment that uh, uh, dallying with Labour is going to enable them to up their price when they go back to Cameron. But it may be that they go back, you know, with the tail between the legs. And uh, and Cameron said, "Well, you did have, you know, the deal was on the, on the table, and then, you know, now things have moved on." And I think there's a bit of there's a bit of um, that that kind of poker game going on, yeah, I think uh, and it's, it's in, important to see that.
2: Uh, indeed, I think so too, and it would be in Cameron's interest too. If he has to go it alone, party management would be easier if he was in a minority government. Discipline would have to be tight, and he, he would have the alibi at some point further down the track in circumstances none of us can envisage in staging uh, a, a um, another election on his own terms where he said, look, these people, you just can't work with them. Yeah. Uh, give me the extra few seats. We've done all the heavy lifting. We've got 90 whatever it is seats last Thursday. Just a few more. Carry us over the line. One more heave and we'll get on with the job. We c- we've shown we can do it.
0: And Mike, it's not, is it realis- realistic really um, of Gordon Brown to suggest that a coalition of progressives, uh, including Labour, the Lib Dems and, and various nationalist parties, could hang together?
2: Well, they're all anti-Tories, aren't they? Even the Scott Nats in a funny way, although it's Tory votes they take in Scotland. Uh, you know, it's, it's left-wing economically. Alex Salmon is a left-wing populist economically, like spending money, preferably English taxpayers' money. Uh, and uh, you could see that and Andrew Adonis, a very clever man, uh, the transport secretary, was on the radio a minute, a minute ago talking most eloquently about the anti-Tory progressive coalition which exists in British elections. What have they got between them? 29% Labour, 23% Lib Dem, that's 52 between them. You can see the case for it, but uh, the trouble is Labour's lost uh, this election. That's one thing which is indisputable and it would be dubbed by the Tory press no enemy fiercer than the Tory press the coalition of the defeated.
3: Well, I mean I think that's right the 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 Liberal Democrats I think don't yet know what's going to hit them over the next few hours and days, I think, uh, from the Tory press. I mean, they were beastly to Nick Clegg during the campaign, but now that he is uh, potentially joining Gordon Brown in what they will portray as an attempt to steal the election uh, and stay in power illegitimately, uh, I mean, I think it's going to get really heavy duty.
0: A Labour leadership, uh, as the whistle's been blown, the starting whistle's been blown, Mike, um, who's in contention?
2: Well, uh, we assume that David Miliband and Ed Balls is contention that Harriet Harman, whom I once said is smart enough to know she's not smart enough, and I think that's right, is not in contention. Ed uh, uh, Miliband, an extraordinary business, this. Ed Miliband is like the Polish twins, isn't it? Ed Miliband might be in contention against his brother. We're not sure of that, but he's an attractive character to many people. He reaches some of the parts on the left and on the sort of progressive side of the Labour movement, which David Miliband thought to be a bit stuck, I'm a bit posh, uh, doesn't i can only add from my own experience 30 years ago i thought tony crossland should be the labor leader he was humiliated since then i've learned that anybody i fancy is doomed <laughs> so watch out david Miliband. <laughs>
0: martin what's your uh, sense of who, who, who's, who's gonna be the next labor leader
3: i think david Miliband is the favorite um and uh, uh, it does depend to some extent on th- that extraordinary conversation he's got to have with his younger brother i mean just imagine it um The other name I think that's worth um, putting into the frame at this point is Alan Johnson um, because he is somebody uh, with a lot of uh, a voter appeal uh, You know, he's got a good story to tell about himself and he makes Labour look um, less wonky and more of the people and at a time like this when it's all about persuading the electorate that uh, such a government might be legitimate I think he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of positives and very few negatives whereas almost all the other candidates uh, have, have got negatives which could be big problems
2: I wouldn't dispute that Martin He's a lovely man. He's far too sane to want to be a, a Labour leader, especially in the downtime or Prime Minister, isn't he? He's really nice, Alan Johnson. I just don't think he's got the drive or the ambition uh, uh, to, to, to do it. Yeah, you know, if you gave it to him in a silver platter he might hang on to it well maybe, th- maybe that's true I just think he is,
3: he, he is going to be talked yep, about over the, over the next few days and weeks as a, as a serious uh, figure I mean if we wanted to cast the net a little bit wider you know there will be people talking I think about John Crudus there will be people possibly even talking uh, looking in the other direction uh, about Jack Straw as a sort of unifying figure but I think on the whole uh, it's between the Miliband Balls, Harmon and Johnson
0: Martin Kettle, Michael White, many thanks for talking to us.